Hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay on NRM Streamcast. Quiet nights of quiet stars Quiet chords from my guitar Floating on the silence that surrounds us Quiet thoughts and quiet dreams Quiet walks by quiet streams the window that looks out on Corcovado Oh, how lovely Eu conheci 
que é felicidade, meu amor Going back to 1963 to kick off this week's show with Corcovado from the iconic Getz Gilberto album featuring saxophonist Stan Getz, guitarist João Gilberto, the legendary songwriter Antonio Carlos Jobim on piano, and Astrid Gilberto on the lead vocal. Astrid only sang on two of the tracks on the Getz Gilberto album, but man, oh man, what an impact they had. First and foremost, that iconic, breathy vocal performance influenced so many who followed in her footsteps. And then, the other song that Astrid sang on the Getz Gilberto album? A little something called The Girl from Ipanema which sold over a million copies, went gold, won the Grammy for Record of the Year, and was nominated for Best Vocal Performance by a Female. It was Astrid's very first recording session for her work. She received the standard session fee of $120. Astrid Gilberto was synonymous with Bossa Nova and one of the most popular artists to come out of Brazil. Unfortunately, she left us way too early on June 5th at the age of 83. Tipping my hand, we're wrapping up this week's show with that Grammy-winning gold record that Astrid Gilberto made famous. In the meantime, we kick off this week's show with Astrid Gilberto along with Stan Getz, João Gilberto, and Antonio Carlos Jobim on Corcovado. Hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here as close to weekly as we can get right here on NRM Streamcast. Moving right along on this week's show, we've got some serious circle of life shit going on. We're spending quality time with superlative new records from Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, as well as Jenny Lewis, and the first record from the Foo Fighters since the untimely passing of drummer Taylor Hawkins. We're celebrating 45 years of my all-time favorite record, Bruce Springsteen's Darkness on the Edge of Town, which dropped on June 2nd, 1978. And unfortunately, Astrid Gilberto is not the only artist we're saying farewell to on this week's show. We lost an absolute giant of music on May 24th when Tina Turner left us at the age of 83 due to natural causes. Not only was Tina Turner a giant of music. Tina Turner's story may very well be the greatest comeback story of all time. Born Anna Mae Bullock in Brownsville, Tennessee, Tina Turner's story is as legendary as it is well known. She first rose to prominence in the 60s as the much, much better half of Ike and Tina Turner. Tina was such an electrifying performer that back in the Ike and Tina days, anybody who meant anything in the world of popular music took notice, most notably Mick Jagger. 
Tina made Mick sweat. Tina made Mick work harder. And to his credit, Mick would probably tell you on any day of the week that Tina made him work harder. It's no secret. The 70s were tough for Tina Turner. She knew she had to leave Ike, and she knew it wasn't going to be easy, but she did it. And if you crack open your dictionary and look up Survivor, there should be a picture of Tina Turner next to the definition. She struggled. She was treated as somewhat of a footnote, but there were always people who knew that Tina Turner was a world-class badass, and she never gave up. She continued to make music. She continued to perform. Hell, she was even on the Hollywood Squares at one point, but I don't think anybody saw Tina Turner's mid-80s comeback coming. Not even sure if Tina saw it coming, but when it did happen, it was clear. This is Tina's world. We just live in it. It all started unassumingly, early 1984, a small hit with her cover of Al Green's Let's Stay Together, the first single from an obscure little album called Private Dancer. And that was just the beginning. What's Love Got to Do With It? Better Be Good to Me. Her electrifying duet with Mick Jagger at Live Aid. We Don't Need Another Hero. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Simply the Best. The hits kept coming, as did the critical acclaim for her live performances and the long overdue recognition that Tina Turner is not only a force of nature, she's a motherfucking legend who demands your respect. You know... Every now and then, I think you might like to hear something from us. Nice and easy. But there's just one thing, you see. We never, ever do nothing nice and easy. We always do it nice and rough. But we're going to take the beginning of this song and do it easy. But then we're going to do the finish. Rough. It's the way we do proud Mary. the story now. Left a good job Down in the city, city. working for the man every night and day. And I never lost one minute of sleep. And I was worrying about the way the thing might have been. Big will keep on turning. Ooh, the proud Mary keep on Rolling, 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 rolling
come in these places And the men are all the same You don't look at their faces And you don't ask their names You don't think of them as human You don't think of them at all You keep your mind on the money Keeping your eyes on the wall I'm your private dancer A dancer for money Do what you want me to do I'm your private dancer A dancer for money And any old music will do I want to make a million dollars I want to live out by the sea a husband and some children Yeah, I guess I want a family All the men come in these places And the men are all the same You don't look at their faces And you don't ask their name I'm your private dancer A dancer for money I'll do what you
don't see why it's so hard to be good to me. And you know, I don't understand why it's your plan that you can't be good to me. What I can't feel, I surely cannot see. What can't you be good to me? Fistful of tracks in that last set in memory of the late, great Tina Turner, who left us way too early at the age of 83. She passed of natural causes on May 24th. At the top of the set, the very first Tina Turner performance I had ever heard, as well as the very first version of Proud Mary I'd heard for the longest time when I was a wee lad. I thought that Proud Mary was Ike and Tina Turner's joint. I had no idea it was a CCR song, but damn if Tina didn't and still doesn't own Proud Mary. Followed that up with yet another Ike and Tina performance. River Deep, Mountain High, produced by the late Phil Spector. And that right there is proof positive that even when she was working with two of the most notoriously abusive individuals to ever work in the music industry, it was Tina's performance that came shining through, and it's Tina's performance that we're going to remember about these records. We followed that up with Nutbush City Limits. The very first version of that I ever heard was from Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band's Live Bullet album, but make no mistake... Tina owns Nutbush City Limits, and that right there is proof positive that at the end of the day, Tina knew how to rock and or roll. 
We wrapped things up with a couple of tracks from Tina's Grammy-winning 1984 album, Private Dancer. She won Record of the Year for What's Love Got to Do With It, Song of the Year for What's Love Got to Do With It, Best Female Pop Vocal Performance for What's Love Got to Do With It, and Best Female Rock Vocal Performance for Better Be Good to Me. From Private Dancer, we heard the seven-minute-plus title track, a gorgeous song written by Mark Knopfler of Dire Straits. Jeff Beck played the lead guitar on that, and we ramped things up with my favorite latter-day Tina Turner song, the aforementioned Grammy-winning Better Be Good to Me. I love this song for so many reasons. First and foremost, it's an undeniable two-chord banger. It puts everyone on notice that Tina will not be disrespected. Plus, I'm a sucker for Rupert Hine's production on this song. Rupert Hine, best known for his work with The Fix, best known for songs like One Thing Leads to Another and Saved by Zero. As a matter of fact, Fix frontman Cy Kernan appears alongside Tina in the video for the song. Once again, Tina Turner has left us way too early at the age of 83. She passed of natural causes on May 24th. Hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here as close to weekly as we can get right here on NRM Streamcast. Moving right along, we are going to spend some quality time with the fifth album from Jenny Lewis. It's called Joy All, and it dropped on June 9th. Produced by Dave Cobb, best known for his work with Jason Isbell and Brandy Carlisle. Joy All is also Jenny's first album for Blue Note. Some of the songs on Joy All predate COVID, while others came out of a world-class songwriting group that Lewis joined, led by none other than Beck. Jenny says, The challenge was to write one song every day for seven days with guidelines from Beck. The guidelines would be prompts like write a song with a 1-4-5 chord progression, write a song with only cliches, or write in freeform style. Video game. 
Turn down the treble Drop the bass Respect to your guru Namaste Yeah Be small. Ooh. 
In that last set, a fistful of tracks from Jenny Lewis's fifth album, Joy All. At the top of the set, we heard Psychos, followed by the title track, Giddy Up, Cherry Baby, and we wrapped things up with Love Feel. Hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here as close to weekly as we can get right here on NRM Streamcast. Moving right along to another album that dropped on June 9th, Jason Isbell and the 400 Units Weather Veins. It's Jason's ninth album, his sixth with the 400 unit. Jason wrote the songs during the filming of Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon, in which he appears alongside Sturgill Simpson. If you haven't already seen it, I highly recommend checking out the Jason Isbell documentary, Running With Our Eyes Closed. It's currently streaming now on Max, formerly known as HBO Max. What can I say about weather veins that hasn't already been said? Jason Isbell makes writing great songs and releasing great records looks so damn easy. I had no doubt in my mind that this was going to be a rock-solid record, and I'm not even completely done processing it. The simple truth is, Jason Isbell writes two different kinds of songs, good ones and great ones. The best description of Weather Veins, however, comes from the hype sticker on the album, which was taken from the teaser trailer for the album. It describes Weather Veins as life and death songs played for and by grown-ass people.
Foster homes passed me around 
last one was nice, but I ran away twice and they gave up on tracking me down. I met a girl, says she's from Chattanooga, but I think she grew up out west. I can't say I love her, she's someone to talk to, and I like the tattoo on her chest. I found us a spot on the KOA campground. Says she sleeps good in the scow But I got in a fight with the neighbor last night And they'll probably be kicking us out Some nights I dream that I'm in Colorado Working a cannabis farm Some nights I dream that the ghost of my mama Is holding me tight in her could disappear off the edge of the earth someday. Take me away from here, no I don't want to fight for the rest of my life. I ain't to
A fistful of tracks in that last set from Weather Veins, the latest from Jason Isbell and the 400 unit. At the top of the set, we heard Middle of the Morning, followed by Save the World. When we were close, Volunteer, and we wrapped things up with This Ain't It, evoking the Allman Brothers more than just a little on that one. Hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here as close to weekly as we can get right here on NRM Streamcast. Moving right along, it was 45 years ago this month, June 2nd, 1978, that my all-time favorite record, Bruce Springsteen's Darkness on the Edge of Town, dropped. It was his fourth album, his follow-up to 1975's classic album, Born to Run. Just to give you a little context, his first two albums both dropped in 1973, Greetings from Asbury Park, New Jersey, and The Wild, The Innocent, and The E Street Shuffle. Critically acclaimed, but neither one of them sold well or got a lot of airplay. So album number three was where the rubber met the road for Bruce, and he toiled Overborn to run, and it shows. Look no further than that title track with its epic wall of sound production. He labored over that first song and then labored over the rest of the album. The rest is, as they say, history. Born to Run is widely acknowledged as one of the classic rock and roll albums of all time. And I do not deny that. It's an incredible work of art. It's cinematic in its scope, and it earns every accolade that can be thrown at it. However, Springsteen's 1978 follow-up, Darkness on the Edge of Town, to me, is Springsteen at his finest. To me, it's the greatest rock and roll record ever recorded. It's a record that continues to inspire me. The quote that I leave you with at the end of every episode the dogs on Main Street howl because they understand, is from my favorite Springsteen song, The Promised Land. A song that 45 years later, Bruce still plays that song at every show. I've seen Bruce 14 times every time as a gift. With all due respect, I don't need to hear Thunder Road again. I don't need to hear Jungle Land again. If I go to see Bruce and he doesn't play The Promised Land, that tells me there's a serious disturbance in the force. It's a song that never fails to inspire or motivate me. And I can say that about the entire album. To me, Darkness on the Edge of Town is about faith. It's about hope. It's about persevering in the face of every roadblock we may face as human beings on this spinny circle rock. To the casual fan... The listener who knows Bruce from classic rock radio, Darkness on the Edge of Town, is the album that brought us Badlands and Prove It All Night. It's also the album that proves that Max Weinberg has the most stamina of any drummer on the planet. Exhibit A, Candy's Room, once referred to by Cream Magazine as the prelude to driving off a cliff. The songs on Darkness were inspired by films like The Searchers and East of Eden. The sound and attitude were inspired by British punk bands like The Clash and the Sex Pistols. And the lyrics were inspired by Bruce's then-newfound love of country music. Darkness on the Edge of Town, 10 tracks, all killer, no filler, 
clocking in at 38 minutes. However, with the release of the 2010 Darkness on the Edge of Town box set, it was revealed that there were two discs full of outtakes that never made it to the original album. This included two songs that were huge hits for other people. Bruce felt that because the night didn't fit in thematically with the rest of the record, and Jimmy Iovine talked him into letting Patti Smith take a crack at it. Not only did she take a crack at it, she rewrote a lot of the lyrics and had a huge hit with it. And it's a song that's more commonly associated with her, and rightfully so, because Patti Smith is a world-class badass. The other one that got away? Fire. It was a song that Bruce had actually written for Elvis, but Bruce never actually got to meet Elvis. So instead, he gave the song to rockabilly artist Robert Gordon. However, the Pointer Sisters took it all the way to number two in early 1979. I was reminded recently of my favorite quote about Darkness on the Edge of Town from Bruce himself. It was a soundbite that I heard in between songs on Sirius XM's E Street Radio. And he says, Darkness was my samurai record, all stripped down for fighting. My protagonists on these songs had to divest themselves of all that was unnecessary to survive.
in Candy's room. There are pictures of her heroes on the wall. To get to Candy's room, had a walk. Darkness at Candy's hall. Strangers from the city call my baby's number and they bring her toys. When I come knocking, she smiles pretty. She knows I wanna be Candy's boy. There's a sadness hidden in that pretty face. A sadness all her own, from which no man can keep Candy safe. We kiss. My heart was just in my brain And the blood rushes in my veins The fire rushes through the sky And we go driving Driving deep into the night I go driving deep into the light Candy's eyes She says, baby, if you wanna be
Fistful of tracks in that last set from Bruce Springsteen's Darkness on the Edge of Town. Bruce's fourth record dropped 45 years ago, June 2nd, 1978. At the top of the set, we heard Adam Ray's Decane, followed by Candy's Room, The Promised Land, Prove It All Night, and we wrapped things up with the title track. Hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here as close to weekly as we can get right here on NRM Streamcast. 
Moving right along to the final full set of this week's show, we're going to spend some quality time with the latest record from the Foo Fighters, their 11th album, but here we are, dropped on June 2nd. If ever there was an album steeped in mourning and loss, it's this one. These 10 songs were written and recorded in the wake of the untimely passing of Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins on March 25th, 2022, and Dave Grohl's mom, Virginia Grohl, who passed on August 17th, 2022. I'm letting Pitchfork have the final word on this subject, and they write, Dave Grohl gives himself over to arena-sized grief, reckoning, and resolve on the band's most propulsive and purposeful music of the last two decades. They go on to say, for some, death is not for singing about or making into art those selfish little pursuits that turn pain inward, where it cannot be transformed into the substance of a mass healing ritual. For the Foo Fighters, it is for the Kia Forum, for Wembley Stadium.
A fistful of tracks in that last set from the latest album from Foo Fighters, but here we are. At the top of the set, we heard Rescued, followed by Under You, the title track, The Glass, and we wrapped things up with Rest. By the way, I was correct in my prediction. The Foos chose Josh Freeze as their new drummer. The announcement was made in late May, shortly before the Foos commenced their current tour. Josh Freeze's resume is quite impressive. He's played with The Vandals, Devo, Guns N' Roses, Nine Inch Nails, A Perfect Circle, Sublime, and The Offspring. Josh first popped up on my radar when he played on Paul Westerberg's solo debut, 14 Songs. He also played with the replacements on their 2015 reunion tour. Hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here as close to weekly as we can get right here on NRM Streamcast. Right about now, we're going to wrap things up much in the same way that we kicked things off with a track from the 1963 album Gets Gilberto. We kicked things off with Corcovado featuring Antonio Carlos Jobim and the late great Astrid Gilberto, who left us way too early at the age of 83 on June 5th. We wrap things up with the Grammy-winning, million-selling song that Astrid Gilberto made famous. The Girl from Ipanema wraps up this week's show, and with that, everybody have a great week, a happy Pride Month, take care, be safe, and remember, the dogs on Main Street howl, because they understand. Coisa mais linda, mais cheia de graça Ela menina que vem, que passa Num doce balanço, caminho do mar Moça do corpo dourado, do sol de Ipanema O seu balançado é mais que um poema É a coisa mais linda que eu já vi passar ah, porque estou tão sozinho Ah, porque tudo é tão triste Ah, beleza que existe A beleza que não é só minha Que também passa sozinha se ela soubesse que quando ela passa O mundo sorrindo se enche de graça E fica mais lindo por causa do amor Give his heart a 
Yeah. 